From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. The incidence of kidney cancer seems to be increasing, although that may be because imaging techniques such as CT scans are being used more often, leading to accidental discovery of kidney cancer. With me in the HealthLink on Air studio to talk about kidney cancer is Associate Professor and Vice Chair of Urology, Dr. Oleg Shapiro. Thank you for being here, Dr. Shapiro. Good morning. So I've heard there's different types of kidney cancer, the most common one being renal cell carcinoma. Can you explain what happens in renal cell carcinoma? Sure. So that that different types of kidney cancer, uh, all of them can be called renal cell carcinoma, but even within the uh, umbrella of renal cell carcinoma, there are different subtypes, and all of them behave very differently. Um, and uh, a physician, uh, whether it's a urologist or an oncologist, does have to know what kind of kidney cancer it is to tailor the treatment for that particular disease. Uh, aside from accidental discoveries, how do people usually find out that they have kidney cancer? Right, so that's a very good question. Again, most of the time you're absolutely correct. In the 21st century, it's found incidentally. So um, I wouldn't call it an accident. I would call it an incident, if you will. Uh, people do get scanned, uh, do get CAT scans or MRIs for various reasons because this is the most favorite uh, diagnostic tool of almost all physicians these days. And we do find small, um, not uh, symptomatic kidney tumors. And most of them are malignant. Um, uh, if pe- uh, people have more advanced disease, they can present with pain, they can present with uh, blood in the urine, or they can present with actually abdominal mass, but that only happens uh, about 10% of the time, if, if maybe even less than that. So you may feel healthy and then find out that, that day that you have... That's exactly right. Most of the people with kidney cancer feel absolutely nothing, even if the tumor is very large. Wow. Now, uh, do we know what causes kidney cancer? So we don't know for sure. Uh, a lot of it is genetic. Um, so the smoking is always a risk factor for, uh, for everything. But uh, uh, again, with, there's no defined risk factor such as uh, uh, such, such diseases as lung cancer or bladder cancer that we know that smoking is a huge risk factor or environmental exposure is a huge risk factor for those diseases. Kidney cancer, we cannot say the same. Uh, does it affect people of a certain age? Uh, traditionally speaking, uh, th- this is a more common diagnosis in older population. And by older, you, we're talking about 60, 70, 80-year-olds, uh, which makes sense. The older we live, the more likely we develop some sure. kind of cancer. But uh, we are try- starting to find more and more uh, cancers in younger and younger people, again, likely due to scanning. Um, but we don't know which one of those people will actually come back to us when they're 60, 70, or 80 with much bigger tumors, which might much more clinically significant cancers. So if you would, please walk me through. It's, it sounds like patients come to see you after they've maybe seen been seen something on a scan. Um, how do you go about diagnosing whether it is kidney cancer? Uh, that's a great question. So people, uh, of course, get very nervous when they hear they have a mass or a spot or a tumor on, on a kidney. Uh, we, lo- we do a special kind of CAT scan that uh, people get dye uh, through the vein to see if this mass or the spot or whatever you want to call it lights up or enhances on a CAT scan. If something lights up uh, on a CAT scan, it tells us that it has about 70 to 80% chance of being malignant. So in some centers, a biopsy is utilized uh, to make a definitive diagnosis and to guide the treatment. But uh, biopsies historically have been relatively inaccurate, Um, not as much in 2019, 
but in the past they have been. So if something does light up on the CT, the uh, discussion moves towards treatment without the biopsy because we 80% of the time know what it is, and it's usually malignant. That's I, I heard you say that before. If, now, if it doesn't light up, it's just an abnormality that it, is probably not cancerous? Correct. So if it doesn't light, light up, it could be a cyst, a simple cyst. It could be a complex cyst, uh, or it could be a cyst that uh, you know has blood in it for whatever reason, a protein. Uh, but if something doesn't light up, it's not as concerning. It may need to be followed, uh, but it does not need to be intervened for urgently. Well, let's uh, segue right into the treatments. Um, once someone knows that they have kidney cancer, what, what are their options? So it's a very complicated question because uh, kidney cancer overall is a surgical disease. In other words, uh, surgery is the mainstay of therapy uh, for uh, kidney cancer. But it depends on the size of the tumor. It depends on the age of the patient. It depends on the medical comorbidities of the patient. There's a lot. There like a what, lot other, of, what other medical problems that, they have? That's or, correct. So okay. if somebody's diabetic, if they're obese, if they have uh, bad heart disease, and if they have a one or two centimeter, one inch tumor, we know that uh, that patient may not actually have a problem from the cancer. They will have a problem from other okay. coexisting medical issues. So it's a, it's a very long discussion with the patient. It's a, it's a very complicated discussion with the patient regarding treatment, but the treatment usually is surgical if we do come to doing something. Um, and uh, uh, the other option is freezing the tumor, doing cryoablation, or what we call baking or cooking the tumor, which is radiofrequency ablation. Um, there's certain intricacies about each, each therapy, but again, the mainstay of therapy is surgical. It has to be, for the lack of a better term, cut out. Now, it, since we have most people, two kidneys, can you just remove the kidney that has cancer and be done with it? Uh, again, an excellent question. The, the answer to that usually is yes, and a lot of times that's what we do. But lately, what we've been trying to do is trying to preserve the kidney function, which is very important for long-term benefit of that patient. It has nothing to do with cancer, but it has to do with other things such as diabetes, heart disease, hospitalizations, you name it. The more normal kidney meat, if you will, one has, the better off they are in the long term. Sometimes it's impossible to save the kidney and we have to take the whole kidney out because of the size of the tumor, location of the tumor, the type of cancer it is. But if the tumor is amenable to what we call a partial nephrectomy, or removing just the tumor and leaving the rest of the normal kidney behind, we do everything we can to do that to leave the patient with a normal kidney tissue uh, for, their, for their remaining lifetime. So it sounds very specific to the individual. Absolutely. Gonna... It's an individual. That's absolutely correct. There's no cookie cutter treatment for this. Absolutely. Uh, let me remind listeners, this is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, and I'm talking with Dr. Oleg Shapiro, an associate professor and vice chair of urology at Upstate, and we're discussing kidney cancer or renal um, cell carcinoma. Now, let me ask you, as, as a surgeon, can, when you go in to remove the kidney or part of the kidney, can you visualize the tumor? With your eyes? Most of the time we can. Uh, again, m most of the surgeries that we do, uh, especially here at Upstate, uh, are robotic partial nephrectomies. In other words, we go in laparoscopically with the help of a da Vinci robot, and uh, we try to remove the tumor, leaving the rest of the healthy kidney behind. Uh, 
Um, and at that, at that moment, yes, of course, we see the tumor. I'm see, I see what I'm cutting, and I see what I'm cutting out. So the, the, absolutely, the answer to that question is yes. yes. Is it inside the kidney, or does it grow to the outside? So it doesn't usually read the book, uh, and, uh, and unfortunately, it doesn't ask me where it needs to grow. It, they, they can grow anywhere in the kidney. Uh, as surgeons, we have our preferred locations uh, because it makes it easier for us to, to remove them. But again, it's, uh, unfortunately, these tumors can grow in, completely inside. They can grow in the back. They can grow in the front, on top of them. It doesn't matter where. They will come from a kidney tissue at any spot. So, now, how fast do they grow once they appear? So it's a, it's a good question, and it depends on the grade of cancer. In other words, how aggressive the tumor is. So most of the people that present to us in 2019 present with small tumors because, again, they found incidentally, and majority of those tumors are what we call low to intermediate grade disease. In other words, the aggressiveness level is not very aggressive. Usually, more aggressive cancers present much larger, and those cancers tend to grow much faster, which is, again, common sense. The more aggressive something is, the, the more likely it will grow faster. But again, most of the tumors that we do see, especially smaller ones, they do not grow that fast. And, and, and a lot of patients, uh, they can be observed. We don't need to operate on every single patient that we see a kidney cancer on. A lot of patients can actually be watched safely with serial CAT scans and not have any problems from their disease ever. Okay. You can track it because you know what the can- what cells are made the, up in the, that tumor. That, well, that, the, yes, we can. Based on, truly based on size, uh, we, can, we can safely say that this particular tumor will not do any damage to that patient in the next five years. So the chance of that happening, I like getting hit by a, by a bus yeah. outside. Wow. You know, so very small. Now, if you have cancer uh, in one kidney, will it spread to the other kidney? Theoretically, it can. Uh, cancer can spread anywhere, uh, especially kidney cancer. But again, smaller, less aggressive tumors are less likely to appear in the other kidney. Uh, most patients with tumors in both kidneys have some kind of a syndrome or genetic disease that associated with it. So for general population, it's extremely unusual to find tumors in both kidneys, especially at the same time, although not impossible. Where does it typically spread to when it does spread? Kidney cancer, again, is, a one, is one of those diseases that doesn't like to read the book. Um, theoretically, it can spread to the lymph nodes, which are nearby. Uh, it can go to the lungs. It can go to the liver. Uh, it can go to the bone. It can go to the brain. It can go to a lot of different organs. The most preferred uh, places are lymph nodes nearby and the lungs. Okay. Um, well, I wanted to ask you also about, we, we hear about immunotherapy right. in, in different cancers. Is that being used in kidney cancer? Yes, it, ha- it's, it is being used. Kidney cancer is one of those diseases, and I, may, I mess that question all the time. Well, what about chemotherapy? What about radiation therapy? Well, kidney, kidney's job is to get rid of, quote-unquote, garbage in our body. And chemotherapy is garbage, right? So it's a poison. And, and kidney cancer is not sensitive to chemotherapy. The traditional chemotherapy that people hear about every day is not being used in kidney cancer. Radiation is also, unfortunately, not very effective in treating kidney cancer. So what we have to do is we have to use what we call immunotherapy, and these drugs are being developed very rapidly. Uh, there are tons of drugs out there that, that, that deal with this issue. Uh, they have very good success rates, 
and immunotherapy is being used to treat advanced kidney cancer. And of course, there are multiple trials which Upstate partic participates in. the multinational, multi-institutional trials that we're a part of that patients can be eligible for if they, if they do have advanced, advanced disease. Okay. Um, let me ask you how kidney cancer affects someone's daily life. The, once, once they know that they've got it, um, does it cause pain? Does it impact what they can eat, what they can do? How does it affect them day to day? When they're diagnosed, is that right? Yes. So, uh, well, it does not. So, uh, kidney cancer is known uh, in the textbooks for medical students as an internist disease because it can produce certain symptoms that are unexplainable. Uh, most of the time, this is found in patients with big tumors or aggressive tumors. So, the most of the tumors that we see in the 21st century are not there. They're smaller. They're incidentally found, as we discussed earlier mm -hmm. in, the, in this program. And those tumors do not produce symptoms. So patients can go on and do their daily living without absolutely any problems and not knowing that they have it. Okay. Absolutely no issues. Yeah, they, they can eat anything. They can drink anything. They, they don't have any symptomatology whatsoever, even if the tumor is large. And then, in turn, like once treatment begins or after surgery, do they, does that change the way they live? Uh, it sh it should not. So, if somebody's uh, treated by surgery, uh, we assume for disease that's localized to the kidney and hasn't spread. After surgical recovery, uh, which again these days could be fairly short, given the fact that we do this robotically, patients can get can get back to their normal activity level within less than a week. Um, I have a lot of people coming back say, "I can't believe I'm playing golf five days after having a major operation." And that's true. Yes, they, they can play golf, wow. they can drive, they can travel, they can do whatever they want. So, so the, disease, the, the treatment options are fair, very advanced these days, and majority of the people can return to their normal activity levels very, very quickly. And once they've had this, do they have to be followed for it? Um, the answer to that is yes. Uh, it's relatively controversial how long you follow them for. Uh, the, some, some of the insurance companies and some of these professional organizations state, you know, five years. In my experience with dealing with this particular disease is that I follow patients forever. And the reason is because I have seen people re redevelop the disease somewhere else 10, 15, even 20 years down the road. Mm -hmm. So I don't like to let these patients go five years later saying, well, you're cancer-free, you're cured. I, cured is a very strong term, and I'm very careful using it, because, especially in kidney cancer, because it can theoretically pop up somewhere else years, if not decades later. So something to be vigilant about. Absolutely. Like you don't have to be followed as often as you were when you just were sure. treated. But as time goes on, it becomes less and less frequent. But nonetheless, it happens. Not something to forget about. That's correct. So, well, very good information. I appreciate you being here. My guest has been Upstate Urologist Dr. Oleg Shapiro. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.